0: Now we will uh, read together, and I'll read from First uh, Kings chapter 13, beginning with verse one. And behold, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O oh, altar, altar, thus says the Lord Behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David, and on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart and the ashes on it shall be poured out. So it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God who cried out against the altar in Bethel that he stretched out his hand from the altar saying, arrest him. Then his hand, which he stretched out toward him, withered so that he could not pull it back to himself. The altar also was split apart and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. Then the king answered and said to the man of God, Please entreat the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord and the king's hand was restored to him and became as before. Then the king said to the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself and I will give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, If you were to give me half your house, I would not go in with you, nor would I eat bread nor drink water in this place. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall not eat bread nor drink water nor return by the same way you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. Now, an old prophet dwelt in Bethel and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told their father the words which he had spoken to the king. And their father said to them, which way did he go? For his sons had seen which way the man of God went who came from Judah. Then he said to his sons, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him and he rode on it and went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. Then he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I cannot return with you, nor go in with you. Neither can I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For I have been told by the word of the Lord, You shall not eat bread nor drink water there, nor return by going the way you came. He said to him, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying Bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread and drink water He was lying to him So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water Now it happened as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back And he cried out to the man of God who came from Judah saying Thus says the Lord Because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you. But you came back, ate bread and drank water in the place of which the Lord said to you, eat no bread and drink no water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. So it was after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk that he saddled a donkey for him the prophet whom he had brought back. When he was gone, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his corpse was thrown on the road, and the donkey stood by it. The lion also stood by the corpse, and there men passed by and saw the corpse thrown on the road and the lion standing by the corpse. Then they went and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt, now when the prophet who had brought him back from the way heard it, he said, It is the man of God who is disobedient to the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord has delivered him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him according to the word of the Lord which he spoke to him. And he spoke to his son, saying, Saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled it. Then he went and found his corpse thrown on the road, And the donkey and the lion standing by the corpse. The lion had not eaten the corpse nor torn the donkey. And the prophet took up the corpse of the man of God, laid it on the donkey and brought it back. So the old prophet came to the city to mourn and to bury him. Then he laid the corpse in his own tomb and they mourned over him saying, Alas, my brother, so it was after he had buried him that he spoke to his son saying, When I am dead... Then bury me in the tomb where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the saying which he cried out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the shrines on the high places which are in the cities of Samaria will surely come to pass. After this event, Jeroboam did not return from his evil way. But again, he made priests from every class of people for the high places. Whoever wished, he consecrated him. And he became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing was the sin of the house of Jeroboam so as to exterminate and destroy it from the face of the earth. And may God add his rich blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we're thankful for your holy word, and we pray that by the power of your spirit that you would meet with each of us and that you would speak to us that we would hear the voice of Jesus Christ in our hearts. We are not assembled in one place today, but we know that You are everywhere. We teach our children the question, where is God? God is everywhere. And so we pray that wherever we are gathered this morning, that you would speak to each of us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask that we would see our Lord Jesus Christ high and lifted up, that we would hear the voice of our Good Shepherd and that we, his sheep, would know his voice and follow him and offer our hearts to him promptly and sincerely in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name and for his glory, amen. Do you respect the word of God? Now, this long passage we just read, it is quite a story. It's an enigmatic story. It's a true story, but mysterious and even bizarre in ways. Now, the overall message of this story is absolutely clear, yet the details leave us with many unanswered questions. In this passage, three men see the power of the Word of God. One man completely opposes it, but experiences its power anyway. One man declares and believes the word of God, but then he turns around and ignores it. And another man tells a mixture of God's word and pure lies. All three of these men are confronted with the word of God. All three witness the irresistible power of the word. Two of them declare the word of God. And yet, ultimately, not one of them responds to the word of God Appropriately. So, as we study this mysterious and intriguing passage, we are forced to answer a very plain question Do I respect the Word of God? Now, let's Receive the word of God together. First in this passage, we see that the word of God cannot be broken. The word of God cannot be broken. Look at verse 1. And behold, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David. And on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is a sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart, and the ashes on it shall be poured out. Now remember from our studies in 1 Kings that Jeroboam has taken the northern tribes... And he's built two false shrines of worship and set up a golden calf at each one at Dan and Bethel for the people to worship. It was a political move to keep his people from going down to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. It was essentially... A pagan stunt for political purposes that was born of Jeroboam's unbelief and failure to trust the word of God. Now, a prophet comes by the word of the Lord to the pagan shrine with the golden calf that Jeroboam has set up at Bethel. and his wicked Jeroboam is about to burn incense at this blasphemous altar, this abomination, the prophet shows up and declares the word of the Lord, a word of doom and destruction over this altar. One day he says, another king Josiah of the house of David he will kill these false priests on this altar. Now we know that that in fact did happen. Josiah who became king in his early years of the house of David Fulfilled this prophecy about 300 years later. But he gave them a sign right then and there that day. That would be unmistakable. He said, This altar this day will split and the ashes will pour out. When the prophet declares this word of judgment on the altar, Jeroboam starts to shout orders to arrest the prophet. He points at him and says, Arrest that man. But look what happens. Verse 4. So it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God who cried out against the altar in Bethel that he stretched out his hand from the altar saying, arrest him, then his hand which he stretched out toward him withered so that he could not pull it back to himself. The altar also was split apart. And the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. You can't mess around with God. Not only did the sign happen that day as the prophet has said, the altar miraculously split and ashes came pouring out. But the king's hand, which he was using to gesture to have the prophet arrested, went paralyzed and shriveled up. So then he turns right around and begs the prophet for mercy. Look at verse six. And then the king answered and said to the man of God, please entreat the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord and the king's hand was restored to him and became as before. Now Jeroboam was just a moment earlier having The prophet arrested. Now he's pleading with the prophet to pray for him to be healed. And mercifully he does. Prophet prays. The king's hand is restored. The altar is broken. As the Lord had said. But God's word cannot be broken. John ten thirty-five, the Lord Jesus Christ says, The scripture cannot be broken. The true word of God is perfect. Jeroboam didn't like it. He tried to silence the prophet, but that didn't make the word any less true. There's so much wisdom for us in the word of God Wisdom about finances, work, family, relationships. And our society in general, but every one of us in particular, in some way has turned From the wisdom of God's word. We're the most indebted people ever. Because we've forsaken the word of God. Which warns us that the borrower is slave to the lender. And to owe no man anything but love. Naive, desperate youngsters believe the bald-faced lies of corrupt politicians who promise with the wave of a magic wand to make their debts evaporate. We've forsaken the word of God. We've forsaken the wisdom of God's word which tells us to stay married for life and to teach the word of God to our children when we rise up and lie down and walk along the way. And the institution of the family is in shambles, not only all across this nation, but in the so-called Evangelical church, whatever that means anymore. You see, we cannot break the Word of God. We can only break ourselves when we ignore it, forsake it, contradict it. You can't, we cannot break the word of God. Ask Jeroboam what happens when you try. The word of God cannot be broken. Secondly, in this passage, we see that no one is above the word of God. No one is above The word of God. Look at verse 7. Then the king said to the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, If you were to give me half your house, I would not go in with you, nor Would I eat bread nor drink water in this place? For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, you shall not eat bread nor drink water nor return by the same way you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. Now, the king has just had his hand healed. And so he now offers hospitality to the very same prophet he was fixing to arrest. But the prophet declines the hospitality. He says to him, I cannot. No matter what you offered me, I can't stay. The Lord told me not to stop and eat or drink. Go straight home, go another way from how I came. I must do what the Lord told me. So he sets off. Now somehow we go on to read that there is some mysterious old prophet living there in Bethel where this has happened. Somehow the news gets back to this old prophet. And so he tells his sons, saddle up my donkey. And he gets on the donkey and goes to meet this prophet as he's Leaving the king to leave Bethel and go back home to Judah. He meets the prophet, and just like King Jeroboam, this old prophet invites him home to his house to eat. And the prophet gives this old man the same, much the same answer he'd given the king. Before, the Lord told me not to stop and eat or drink. Go straight back home another way. Can't come. But look at what happens in verse 18. He said to him, now this is the older man addressing the the older prophet addressing the younger prophet, he said to him, I too am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord saying, bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread and drink water. He was lying to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. Now, the first prophet made literally a fatal mistake when he believed this old prophet. It says plainly in the scripture. that he was lying to him at the end of verse 18. Now, though he did not have that comment before him at that moment, it should have been as plain to this prophet that the old man was lying to him as it is to us because the Bible says He was lying to him. And here's why this old man, prophet or not, he contradicted what he knew the Lord had told him. doesn't matter what this old prophet claims God told him or or what some angel delivered to him the first prophet knew what God had said to him and this contradicted it how do you know If something is right, does it fit or does it contradict the Word of God? What God has said, does it line up with the Bible? This prophet should have been like the intelligent young lady to whom a religious fanatic made a proposition of marriage and told her, said, The Lord told me, you're going to be my wife. And you know what she says. Well, I'm sorry, bud. The Lord never told me that. Test everything by the Bible. That's the only true word Of God. You listen to someone who claims to be religious. Is he or she telling you his or her personal feelings, opinions? Are they sharing mostly their experience? Or are they going to the word? But this prophet who had just delivered the word of God who had seen its power with Jeroboam at the altar did not test The word of this man by what he knew to be the true word of God. Look at verse 20. Now it happened as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back and he cried out, To the man of God who came from Judah saying, Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, but you came back, ate bread, and drank water in the place of which the Lord said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your father's. Now this is just bizarre. The old prophet who had lied to him now we read that the true word of the true God comes to him. The word of the Lord came to him and he pronounces the true word of God you did wrong. You trusted a lie over the Word of God. You will not be buried with your ancestors in the family plot. And the implication is you'll never make it back there to be buried. There's so many unanswered questions about this. The the first prophet declared the word of the Lord and then turned around and believed an obvious lie The old prophet told an obvious lie and then the word of the Lord came to him and he spoke the truth. There's so much mystery in this and yet the point we are to draw from it is absolutely clear. It is not the messenger. It is the message. No one is above the word of God, not even the prophet himself. Do not worship man. Do not trust man. Not even a prophet of God. Don't follow a personality. So the old prophet, we read, he he saddles up the younger prophet's donkey and he rides off. And as he's riding off on his way, a lion comes out and kills him. Throws him off his donkey onto the road. But the lion doesn't eat him. The lion doesn't harm the donkey. Just stands there in the road beside the corpse and the donkey as people walk by, pass by on the road, the lion just standing there by the corpse as docile and easygoing as can be. What? Again, as strange as the scene is, it makes a very clear point. God did this. This is not a natural occurrence. This is the work of God alone. The very prophet lies dead in the road. Now he's broken himself on the unbreakable word of God. So we see the word of God cannot be broken. We see that no one is above the word of God. And thirdly and finally, in this passage, we see two inadequate responses to the word of God. Two inadequate responses to the word of God. Look at verse 29. And the prophet took up the corpse of the man of God, laid it on the donkey, and brought it back. So the old prophet came to the city to mourn and bury him. Then he laid the corpse in his own tomb, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. So it was, after he had buried him, that he spoke to his son, saying, When I am dead, then bury me in the tomb where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. This gets more puzzling the further it goes. Uh, This old man went out and lied to this prophet, tricked him, got him killed. After he lied to him, he pronounced a word of divine judgment on him. Now he goes out to mourn. He goes out, collects the corpse, brings him back, mourns over him, has him buried in his own tomb and calls him his brother and leaves instructions to his sons that when his time comes to bury him beside this man obviously feels some remorse He feels some affection for this prophet despite the fact that he lied to him and got him killed. But that's all we see is some hint of remorse. That's about as far as it goes. That's his response to the word of God. he feels remorse now that all this has happened as the word of God said and that's good as far as it goes but it's inadequate and there's another inadequate response to the word of God look at verse 33 after this event Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way but again he made priests from every class of people for the high places, whoever wished, he consecrated him, and he became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing was the sin of the house of Jeroboam, so as to exterminate and extort, destroy it from the face of the earth. So after Jeroboam had had his hands shrivel up, begged the prophet for mercy, been healed, offered hospitality to the prophet. Now that all that is over, he turns right around and completely disregards the word of God, continues to make these abominable sacrifices. And as a result, we read that his people would eventually be exterminated from off the face of the earth. Now, there's these, these two final scenes contrasted. The old prophet and Jeroboam. One felt some emotion. The other blatantly disregarded the word of God. Neither response was adequate. You may have little interest in the word of God, but I'd wonder why you'd be sitting at home on a day like this tuned into a live stream of 1 Kings 13 if you had no interest. But there are plenty that Like Jeroboam, turn their back on God's word and move on. But there are some of us, like this old prophet, who are touched, who may even feel some remorse, some guilt. may even shed a few tears. But that is not in itself an adequate response to the word of God. Lord Jesus Christ told us the only adequate in proper response to the word of God. John 5, verse 38. Jesus said, you do not have his word, that's God's word, You do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and these are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. There is only one adequate response to the word of the Lord, and that is to come to Jesus Christ. The scriptures testify of Him. 1 Kings 13 testifies of Him. The true Word of God. The Word made flesh. The way, the truth, and the life. You may feel like this old prophet, some remorse. I may feel some remorse for my sin. But don't leave it at that. Go to Jesus. He'll take the sin away. Forever. Do you respect... The word of God. Go to Jesus Christ. The living word made flesh. In him alone. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.